0: did a good job, and uh, that sheep, we had that, that sheep last year, didn't we? That's a new one. I thought it had gained a little weight, <laughs> and uh, looked a little, a little different from last year, and I uh, thought that was kind of uh, kind of weird uh, that it would gain weight, but uh, amen, all right, and so uh, I'm thankful uh, for the program tonight. I'm going to ask you to uh, turn to Isaiah chapter number nine. I'm mindful of the time. It's about 10 minutes till, and, and so that'll only leave me an hour. Uh, for my message, but we'll, we'll get it all in. And again, thank you so much for being here. And, and uh, I kind of feel um, like when I get up here and preach, nobody ever like waves to me. Uh, so and, uh, you know, I got to wave back and, and there, there's one. And every now and then, I'll, if I see you, I'll wave back to you in and, and the spirit of the children's program. Uh, but again, thank you for being here to watch them. Uh, I'd like to uh, invite you, you can remain seated, uh, and I'm going to read a text from Isaiah chapter number 9, which is a messianic prophecy concerning Christmas. And uh, several, well, not just several weeks ago, I've noticed this uh, for a long time uh, from where I live. We live out in Frederickson, my wife and I. And uh, and, uh, as you come from uh, towards Canyon Road on 176, uh, as you get, you know, there's some warehouses and stuff. But before you get to Canyon Crossing, uh, typically you can look up and you have a wonderful view of Mount Rainier. And so as I, uh, over the years, I'll notice as people stop uh, and uh, on the side of the road, there's a little kind of turnout right there. Uh, they'll stop and they'll begin to take pictures. And uh, whenever that happens, the first thing that comes to my mind is they're not from here. And, uh, you know, they've, they've stopped. It's like, oh, the mountain is out. In uh, some angles, the mountain looks a lot bigger than uh, it does from other angles. And so I immediately think they're visiting, they're a tourist uh, and they're getting a picture of uh, that mountain uh, as uh, it just kind of popped as they went around or came over that hill. And, uh, and I don't normally stop and do that uh, because I, I see it every day. Uh, so having lived here for as long as I lived here, there's a certain aspect of the sense that when I remember when I first got here, uh, I felt like my opinion was that they ought to just rate everybody's car insurance up because nobody's looking at the road when you're driving. If you remember when you first got here, just mountains and different things. There's Mount Rainier, oh, there's Mount Rainier again. And, and wow, and you're in wonder of the mountain. But then over time, it just kind of becomes just part of the backdrop that you don't even notice. So there are many days where I take that same route and it's clear as day and there it is. But I don't notice it. And in a way, the mountain, Mount Rainier... Has, I've lost my sense of wonder uh, for it, uh, for the reason, in, in my case, it might be uh, just because it's there all the time, and I live for all the time, and we see it, and some of you may relate uh, to that. How many, you, how many of you relate to that a little bit? Now, the way to kind of get a sense of wonder for the mountain, again, is to just to go up somewhere in the foothills or up to paradise and just get on a trail for about five minutes and you'll realize how magnificent uh, that mountain is because you'll be tired uh, and, uh, and you'll get maybe perhaps a sense of wonder. In, in Isaiah chapter number nine, verse number six, the Bible says this, "'For unto us a child is born, and unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder.'" And His name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Of the increase of His government and peace, there shall be no end upon the throne of David and upon His kingdom to order it and to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. And we'll stop reading right there and uh, and tonight because I'll have a little bit more time. Uh, I'll preach on... Uh, all of uh, the names given here in verse number 6. But I want to point out something briefly and kind of a little bit different for a Christmas message. Uh, However, this is a messianic prophecy concerning the Lord Jesus Christ. And we see both uh, that a child is born and a son is given. So we see uh, His humanity uh, in a child being born and His deity and that He is the only begotten Son uh, of God. Uh, His name is wonderful. Uh, And and as I think about the name of Jesus and that He is wonderful, I think about how wonderful He is to me personally. Uh, I'm saved. I'm a child of God. I'm thankful for my salvation and and God has been so good. In fact, wonderful is a word that I I use all the time. If you were to come up to me and say, how are you doing? Uh, You might typically hear um, wonderful. Uh, Or if I uh, send you a birthday card in the mail, uh, I might say, I hope you have a wonderful uh, birthday. That word wonderful means uh, it's extraordinary uh, or the extraordinary nature making it mysterious or difficult to comprehend. It means excellent or great, amazing, astonishing. Uh, But the word that I might use would be wonderful. How are you doing? Well, I am doing wonderfully. Uh, And the Bible says that He is Wonderful. Now, because of the time, just to to remind us, um, He is wonderful whether you believe Him to be so or not. Uh, And and when you remember back, when I first got saved, uh, as I remember back, I was excited about God. I was excited about, you know, uh, my newfound faith in Christ and that He had saved me and I was no longer on my way to hell. Jesus Christ had paid my sin, sin debt and I was excited. And, and as I read the Bible, uh, wonderful things uh, were, were just opened up. One thing after another as I, uh, I read about, uh, about His person and who He, who he was, Jesus, the, the Son of God, God in the flesh, Emmanuel, uh, God with us. Uh, it, I was amazed. Uh, that God uh, would see fit to save me, that of all the, the people in the world that God was concerned about me, that He loved me and uh, that He numbered the hairs on my head, that He knew me before He formed me in my mother's belly. Uh, the Bible just revealed over and over again how wonderful and amazing, how extraordinary, uh, it, difficult God is, yes, to understand and comprehend. Uh, and the Bible says these things, as we think about them, are too wonderful for me, this is hard to wrap my head around the fact uh, that God loved me so much uh, that He gave his only begotten son, so I thought about his person I think about his nature as God uh, and uh, his long-suffering and his kindness, his, his patience towards me, uh, the fact that he extends grace and mercy and, and all the, the, the benefits that he bestows upon me. Just uh, coming fresh off of Thanksgiving, you know, we, we ask the question, as the psalmist did, what shall I render unto the Lord for all of his benefits towards me? God is so good. He's, he's wonderful. I can't explain it. I think of his words in the Bible and, uh, and, and how he is, uh, is, his Bible is all sufficient for all things pertaining to life and godliness. That, that if I have a, an, a question about life, I find the answer in the Bible. Uh, there are things where I'm perplexed and confused about, uh, or even, even though I'm not supposed to have it, uh, I might be anxious about and worry and I can go right to the Bible. And, and it just seems like uh, it, God just gives me exactly what I need. And by the way, you could have some some need uh, that's uh, that's here, and you might go into some place in the Old Testament, perhaps, uh, where you're running through begats. This person begat this person, and on and on. Uh, and God can help you even in those moments, and you can walk away uh, in in refreshed and renewed uh, because the Word of God is so wonderful. And, and over and over, like in Psalm 7, the Bible says that uh, that would uh, we praise Him for His uh, His His goodness. And his wonderful works. God is wonderful, but we tend to forget that. Now, whenever Christmas time comes, one of the things that jumps to kind of the forefront as I deal with people is people are anxious, they're concerned, they're worried. Uh, how am I going to pay for Christmas? We, people are just spending and spending and spending. The economy is good, uh, but uh, they get concerned about those types of things. And I've run into people that, uh, that uh, they don't have family to spend Christmas with. Uh, they're worried uh, about uh, sickness uh, and things that are taking place in their life. And the one main thing that I want to point out about this passage of Scripture, it's a Christmas verse, it's talking about Jesus, uh, but it's in chapter 9 of the book of Isaiah. In Isaiah, as a prophet, as he is speaking to God's people, his children, uh, all of this is in the backdrop of the Assyrian army uh, is about to invade from the north. Uh, They're going to come in because of part of God's judgment. And it was, there was darkness. Uh, there was all kinds of uh, heaviness that was laid upon them. Verse number one of chapter number nine, nevertheless, the dimness shall not be as uh, was in her vexation at the first. Uh, on and on. There's a lot, of, a lot of stuff going on about the invasion of the Assyrian army. And in, in all of that, in everything that, that God, through inspiration, could give the prophet Isaiah to preach, He gives them the Christmas message. Isaiah 9, 6, this messianic prophecy was given to the children of Israel in a time where they had particular hardness in their life. They were a suffering people. They were about to be besieged by an enemy and God was comforting them in 740 B.C., which, by the way, I love BC, AD, and, uh, and uh, before Christ, uh, and how that, that, uh, that it just kind of forces us in our, uh, our calendars to acknowledge the fact that there was a Jesus, <laughs> uh, and uh, that uh, and our, even our calendars agree so. But... 740 years approximately before Jesus Christ was born, the Bible says, For unto us a child is born, and unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders. It's talking about his birth, but it was also talking about his government having no end, uh, speaking of the millennial reign of Christ. And, and to not get too far into that, at some point there's a trump's going to sound, and the Lord's going to appear in the clouds, and, uh, and we're caught up. We talk about the rapture, caught up in the air. And that could, by the way, that could happen today. Uh, and, and, and then starts a seven year tribulation period, and after that, the Bible teaches of a thousand year millennial reign of Christ. Uh, you know, a lot of talk on TV today about, uh, about uh, well, this isn't a, a monarchy. We don't live in a monarchy. You know, one day all of us are going to as we live under the rule of our Messiah, King Jesus. But 740 years before Jesus was even born, we have this prophecy that is there and it was given to them to bring comfort. So if you can think about it for a minute, all that time and you're just you're worried and concerned if your family's going to be killed. Uh, you're wondering about what your life is going to look like uh, under captivity of, uh, in, of the Assyrian people. And all that and the Assyrians were brutal, uh, vicious uh, fighters. And, and, uh, and it was a time of, of great anxiety and worry. Uh, and God says, uh, one day Jesus is coming. Uh, and, and it was all those years later that he actually came, and it brought comfort to them. Our Messiah is going to come. Uh, and as bad as, it's, as, as bad as it is going to get, uh, there's going to be a time where, where our King, King Jesus, rules and reigns. And His name uh, is wonderful uh, and Counselor and Mighty God and Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Uh, turn with me really quick to Isaiah chapter number 40. And I, don't, I, don't, I can't read this all uh, because of the time, uh, but I'm going to give you a homework assignment. Uh, to read it. He says, comfort, in verse number one, comfort ye, comfort ye, my people, saith the Lord God. He's speaking about, uh, about who God is. And when, when God says he is wonderful, his name is wonderful. There are many things in this, just this one passage, this one chapter that speaks about how, uh, how God is. He's, uh, uh, look at verse number 12, who hath measured the waters in the hollow of his hand and meted out heaven with the span and comprehend the dust of the earth and the measure and weigh the, the mountains and scales and the hills in balance. Uh, who hath directed the spirit of the Lord or being his counselor? Who taught him? It's talking about God and his, is an everlasting God. Verse 18, to whom then will ye liken God? Or what likeness will he compare uh, unto him? And, and continues to speak of the greatness of God. Verse 28, hast thou not known, hast thou not heard that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, fainteth not, neither is weary. There is no searching of his understanding. All of Isaiah 40 is just rehearsing into the ears of people the comfort that comes from knowing how wonderful and how great uh, their God is. Now, here's the, the one thought I want to, you to take away today. If the prophecy of a coming Messiah, um, some now um, 2,700 years or three, close to 3,000 years later, uh, 3,000 years earlier, they, somebody, uh, the prophet said, Jesus is coming and it's going to get better. And He's going to rule and He's going to reign and, uh, and, uh, and all these bad things and, and, and going right into uh, the, the potential of loss of life and uh, in, in all that's involved in a war that brought peace and comfort. Let me ask you this. How is it uh, that in 2019... Especially if you're born again, you're a Christian, you know Jesus Christ is your personal Savior. Not only has the Messiah come and Jesus as He walked the earth and he, uh, he was born in a manger and He died on a cross of Calvary, uh, why is it that, that He can't bring us comfort uh, in the middle of our trials and difficulties like He could two, 3,000 years earlier? So it's funny to me, it's sad to me in, in, in many respects, uh, how that, uh, that the... Christmas message given to people all those years beforehand brought them comfort. Yet today uh, we're saddened. Uh, We don't see uh, how wonderful God is, how wonderful life is, how great and mighty uh, is our King. And we've just, we've lost our sense of wonder. There was more then than there is now. So I was thinking, how do I, how can I get that sense of wonder back? in my life. And there's all kinds. In fact, I just saw, I saw. I typed in, uh, you know, uh, things to wonder about. And I saw a list of things about how to get your wonder back. And one of the things they said is to seek out displays of His wonder. Uh, and and uh, one way to get the wonder of God back is to seek it out. To, maybe, maybe it might be good for you to go up in uh, Mount Rainier and take a walk. Uh, it might be good for you to just uh, go out to the ocean and, uh, and just take it all in. Uh, and as we watch uh, God and he, as He works and, and we see Him like snowstorms and uh, rain like what we get, and, uh, and God is always, and it's all part of His purpose, And all, not one drop of rain drops that God doesn't have a purpose for it. That's what the Word of God teaches us. So maybe we can get our wonder back by doing that or looking at our life as God's creation and His workmanship. You've been created in Christ Jesus, a workmanship created in Him unto good works. The Bible says you're fearfully and wonderfully made. Uh, there's a purpose and plan that God has, and maybe you need to be reminded of that uh, through prayer today. Maybe you should approach things from a different angle, or through Christ, or uh, change the context of your life and the priorities that you have. Uh, we've just lost it. It's like it's like we've been safe for so long that uh, we're we're akin to uh, to me driving down uh, down uh, 176, and there's a mountain there, and I just like okay, whatever, there's a mountain. When it used to like wow. That is something. I get to live here. I get to see that every single day. And when people would show up, uh, and I mean, I remember uh, bringing my U-Haul. We, we moved into Federal Way uh, and got our house unpacked. And I had to return the U-Haul uh, somewhere in Lakewood. And I didn't know what Lakewood was. And, uh, and I'm just going down I-5 and, and uh, through that area. And there, the mountain is just like, wow. I'm like, wow, that is humongous. I get this, from now I get to see that every single day of my life, uh, and now I don't even look at it. It's like, whatever. Hey, the mountain's out today. So it's there every day. It just rains all the time. can't see it. You know, it is. Uh, it's just big deal. Mountains there. But you know, there's some of you in here today that feel the same way about Jesus and about your salvation, about your walk with God, your life with God, you've lost the wonder. And uh, and maybe maybe God just you know we just take it for we take God for granted we take our Bible for granted uh, we take our you know everything for granted and we need to get that wonder back because God is wonderful whether whether you have that sense of wonder or not he is wonderful his name is uh, and there's nothing more wonderful. Uh, than God. There's no, no thing, there's no person uh, that is more wonderful than Him. Uh, he, uh, he ought to amaze you. Uh, and as, uh, as these people were wondering, the prophet just saying, hey, uh, it's, it's, it's going to get bad around here uh, as the Assyrian army uh, gets ready to invade uh, the, uh, the northern kingdom uh, and, uh, and you get the Christmas message. And, and it brought them great joy and great comfort. And uh, shouldn't it us Shouldn't, shouldn't the thoughts of Christmas, especially having this whole book that we can read to know that Jesus came and He died for my sins and I'm on my way to heaven, uh, and uh, he's, He should be more wonderful to me uh, than some sergeant uh, in uh, the, the Israeli army uh, at, at 740 B.C. Because we we've, we've see it all. So I don't know if you've ever just kind of thought about where those verses are and who God was speaking to, and the predicament that they were in. And, and the thoughts of Christmas and Jesus coming was just magnificent to them. And, uh, and then we somehow can't... We just have a bill due on Friday that we don't know what's gonna, how we're going to pay it, uh, and we just we lose our minds. And, 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 and the, the wonder of God... The Bible says nothing's impossible with Him. That God can do anything... Uh, we'll sing it as children. God can do anything, anything but fail. And God can, we know all of this stuff. Uh, but we don't, because we're so, I guess, apathetic, just so used to it, uh, everything's just kind of worn off. Um, it just, it's, just not, it's just not wonderful to us. Today, some, you, might, you might eat something for lunch and, and as it hits your taste buds, uh, you might think, man, that's wonderful. That's amazing. You'll get excited about it. Here, taste this, Uh, and uh, you might uh, you might be uh, there'll be a football game on, uh, and uh, which will bring you great wonder and amazement. I'm amazed my team won, uh, perhaps if uh, if uh, you're a Packer fan, Uh, and uh, (laughs) my wife's a Packer fan. There's a lot of things that bring you wonder, um, but not God, and He is the thing that should bring you the most. Wonder and amazement. So ask yourself this question. Uh, have I lost my sense of wonder? You know, a little bit, because it's like, you know, uh, we talk about Christmas spirit and all these different things, and, and uh, so you've lost your Christmas spirit, and, uh, and, and it's very easy uh, for us to do that, uh, but we should never lose uh, the, the wonder of who God is. So His name shall be called Wonderful and so today, as we give our invitation, perhaps, uh, maybe, maybe you're not saved. Maybe you're not a Christian. Uh, and, and you can't look to the fact that God has saved you as being wonderful, who He is. And, and that's just not where you're at. And maybe the Holy Spirit of God today is saying, you know what? You need to become a Christian. You need to be saved. Jesus came uh, to die for me. And so I'm going to accept the gift of salvation through Jesus Christ. And that might be right where you're at today. Um, but if that happened to you five years ago, 10 years ago, 30 years ago, Uh, and uh, you're just not as excited about it today as you were then, you have a serious heart problem that needs to be remedied through prayer today. And you say, God, give me my sense of wonder back. Would you pray that? Let's all stand with our heads bowed and, and our eyes closed today.